Welcome back to Pace Immigration, paceimmigration.com, talking with immigration lawyer Paulina Elizarova. Paulina, how's it going? Hi, Sean. Not too bad. How are you? Great. Good to see you. We're going to be talking about uh, immigration to Canada today. Uh, we've got a Ukrainian language video out there on this subject, and uh, you were mentioning that there are plenty of Russian speakers in Ukraine, so we wanted to make sure we got some Russian language content online. Uh, what are we going to be talking about today? We are talking about the fastest way as of today to get a Canadian visa for Ukrainians to travel to Canada. Right. So let's jump right into it. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you can jump over and read the slides on our YouTube channel as well. Paulina, I notice here we've got so available right now because there's other stuff in the works, but available yeah. right now are expedited visitor visa applications as well as some other stuff. Let's talk, let's talk about the expedited visitor visa applications. That's the main way that we encourage Ukrainian citizens right now to apply for a Canadian visa because the government introduced a new portal in September, and this is the portal that we're using for visitor visa applications. During the last week, we've seen approvals within a couple of days. It's really fast, and we can see that they do all efforts to make processing extremely easy and fast for people who are currently in Ukraine or already in Europe. Excellent. I noticed you had a note here for the exemptions for unvaccinated or partially partially vaccinated Ukrainian nationals. Talk about that. Yes, that's an important one because you don't have to be fully vaccinated with the vaccines approved in Canada. However, that's the only exemption in place. You will still need to download and fill in all the information with ArriveCan, and you will still require to present a COVID test before you land uh, the plane. Excellent. And uh, how about those people who already had some paperwork in process before uh, this crisis developed? That's another effort that the Canadian Immigration Ministry is doing right now. They're trying to expedite all applications in process from people who currently live in Ukraine or, again, those who already were able to flee Ukraine and who are currently in Europe. For this, there is a specific web form. You just need to send a request using the code Ukraine2022 and ask them to expedite the processing. Excellent. And people can contact you to learn more about that if they can't find the web page and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Uh, there's some upcoming news. You were uh, writing me some emails earlier saying, look, this is the stuff that's in the works, but it may not be set yet. Let's talk about some of those. Number one, we have here Canada-Ukraine authorization for emergency travel. Yes, the government announced last week this upcoming uh, immigration programs and pathways that they plan to introduce within the next two weeks or more weeks. We don't know exactly. They don't have a strict timeline or a deadline to introduce this. Uh, what we know so far for Canada-Ukraine authorization for emergency travel is that in the government's announcement, they say that it's going to be available for all Ukraine nationals. Then they say that there will no be any uh, cap in terms of number of people who can apply. It's going to be some of the requirements that are the typical for a visitor visa going to be waived, but not all the requirements. So as for now, we don't know exactly who will be eligible, but it's definitely going to be easier than applying for a visitor visa. One thing I was reading in the news today, not to throw you a curveball, I don't know if you saw this story, they were talking about uh, it, it has to be, is it Ukrainian citizens only or anyone who happened to be living in Ukraine? So far, they only, the wording is Ukrainian nationals. They don't say anything about permanent residents or students or people who are on work permits in Ukraine. 
Okay. Uh, we've got also here a note on special family reunification sponsorship. Uh, talk about that. That's another announcement from the government. They're working on a, to develop a special family reunification program. Uh, what's interesting is that they mention immediate and extended family members. Generally, in Canada, you cannot sponsor extended family members. It's usually only your children, your spouses, and parents. We don't know any information yet, but there is a hope or a chance that there will be a possibility to sponsor your siblings. However, again, no details from the government yet, but keep in mind with uh, that with uh, typical usual family sponsorship, there is always, unless it's a husband or wife, or unless it's a dependent child, there is always uh, an income requirement in place. So it is possible that for these programs, there also be an income requirement in place, meaning that a family member in Canada willing to sponsor family members from Ukraine to come to Canada will have to demonstrate that they have sufficient funds to support these people. Okay, and I, I can't uh, recall if you mentioned that. Is there any cap on how many extended, extended family members we're talking about? We don't know yet. Okay, uh, and a big one here, open work permits, which is pretty big actually, because people are gonna wanna know that if they do come to Canada, they can get a job. Uh, it's not necessary for them to already have that job as it, as it usually is with work permits, is it? Yeah, the work permit, open work permit allows you to work for any employer. You are not tied to one particular job or one particular employer. It's very important for people who's going to come in a visitor status or in any kind of a temporary status. Also, we don't know yet whether the process in time for work permits will be expedited too, because currently in Canada, the process in time is around four months. So this we don't know yet whether the government is going to expedite these applications or they will have to wait in line with all other work permit applicants. Okay, and we're recording this at the beginning of March uh, 2022. So if you're tuning in a little bit later down the line, be sure to check our channel for updates because these are the upcoming uh, things that we see coming down the pipe. Uh, let's move on. Visitor visa application. This is more about the process of it itself. You can apply online. Is that right? Yep, you can only apply online. They do not accept paper applications for this. Okay, and uh, what do you need to do? You need to first access and create an account in the government portal and create an application. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward process. You need to fill in all the information. All the information is filled in online. You provide your personal information, name, place of birth, date of birth, your employment history, education history, your travel history. So all usual information you would provide for any other visitor visa application. Also, you need to upload supporting documents. And because everyone right now understands that many people don't have access to some of their documents, they flee Ukraine with what they had readily available and just took their passports and some necessities. So if you don't have some of the documents that are required, you need to provide a detailed explanation. Okay, uh, let's take this note here about children. Uh, remember that children traveling with one parent need authorization to travel from the second parent. That's pretty big. Where do you see this going if you can't get in touch with that other parent? I mean, we're talking about literally armed conflict here. Uh, what we've been doing, uh, we we used Zoom to help people who do not have access. Like Generally, right now, it's the fathers who cannot leave uh, Ukraine and mothers right. with children flew to Europe 
and uh, we can do it online. We can authorize the signature with the father online. He'll have to provide his documentation and we'll need to see that he's the one signing the document, but it's something that can be done. Also, depending on the region in Ukraine, in some cities, in some regions, it's still possible to get this document not raised. Okay, and get a biometric request and schedule your biometric appointment in any VAC. Uh, talk about that. That's probably a, a lot for someone to take in. And once you submit your visitor visa application, the first thing you're going to receive from the government is a request to do biometrics, meaning that you need to make an appointment in a visa application center and physically go there and give your fingerprints. We, uh, we do get questions from people asking, do they need to do this if they have Ukrainian biometric passports? And the answer is yes, Ukrainian biometric passport has nothing to do with the requirement for a Canadian visa to give your fingerprints. So no matter what type of passport you have, you still will have to do this. And another important point is that visa application centers in Ukraine are closed. You can only do it in Europe. Um, Google, go to Canadian government website. You can look for visa application centers list in the nearest location. We know that most of the people are right now located in Poland and the visa application center is in Warsaw. But unfortunately, as of today, it's the busiest visa application center. To get an appointment going to take you maybe a week. But you can travel to other countries and make an appointment there. Like, let's say you can travel to Vienna or Germany or just Google for the list and you'll see the nearest location. And Excellent. call them all and ask for nearest appointment possible. Okay, and I'll look for that list as well. I'll put it in the notes on the YouTube channel and on the podcast. If you scroll down in the notes, uh, whoever's listening or watching, you'll, you'll be able to find that link to that list uh, right there. Uh, let's move on to visitor status. So we've talked about the process of getting to Canada. Let's say that it does happen. Number one, it says here, you are not allowed to work in Canada. That might not jive for people who just heard us say that about open work permits, but visitor status and uh, the open work permit thing, they're not going together, are they? No, they're not. And uh, it's once you have your family members or friends safe in Canada, you need to remember that they are just in a visitor visa status and this has a lot of uh, limitations on what they can do or are allowed to do they're not allowed to work to be able to work you need to apply for a work permit and get a work permit until you are issued a work permit you are not allowed to work there is absolutely no way you can work in a visitor status all right and then we have here may engage in occasional studies or programs uh, lasting six months or less, so you can still go to school. Yes, this is helpful because for you can let's say your brother or sister is coming and they don't speak English. This this rule is helpful if you want to send them to some English as a second language courses right away. If the program is less than six months, they can safely attend school and not to worry about their status. Okay, number three, we have here no health card eligibility. Uh, universal health care is pretty famous. Uh, Can Canada is famous for having universal health care. Doesn't apply in visitor status, though, does it? Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't. At least as of today, we haven't heard any announcement from the government. Okay, people can look into private health. I don't want to put you on the spot, but people can look into insurance for themselves. Yeah, that's that's what families can do and help their loved ones. 
Okay. Uh, number four, no social assistance eligibility similar to the health card status uh, going on welfare, etc., is is not in the cards. And finally, number five, know your period of authorized state, usually six months. What happens here? Yes, that's another, another important point to distinguish your visa validity period and your period of authorized state because visa can be issued for one year, three years, five or even 10 years. However, your period of authorized stay, it's typically six months from the date you entered Canada and you will get a stamp in your passport and you will be able to see your period of authorized stay. So if you have to stay longer, just keep in mind the date of the status expiration because you will have to apply for extension of stay. All Don't right. assume that if your visa is for three years, you're allowed to stay for three years. Excellent. Uh, that sounds like something somebody should talk to you about, <laughs> definitely, to make sure they know what they're doing. Uh, the big one here, uh, the last uh, topic that we're going to talk about for now, uh, should I apply for refugee status? We, we did a video last week, and I'll post a link to it, talking about refugee status, which is actually quite a confusing. Uh, people are not automatically refugees, let's say, when they, when they leave Ukraine. So what's, what's your take on should I apply for refugee status? Uh, the short answer is going to be no, <laughs> and I do encourage everyone to watch the video that Anna did last week. Just check out our channel and watch it, uh, because we hear all over the news, we hear this word refugee. However, it's not exactly how it works according to Canadian law. And uh, I know that many people automatically think about refugee status also because uh, refugee claimants are usually have... Uh, medical insurance they usually have some kind of social assistance and that's but it's not something you want to do you don't want to ruin your immigration history by choosing a wrong application and the wrong immigration path and the canadian government is making tremendous efforts to expedite processing to introduce new programs to limit some requirement to lift some requirements for ukrainian nationals so we just need to respect that and follow the steps that the government is uh, creating for us. Don't hurry, don't, don't rush into refugee claim. Just use the all the special programs that currently exist and that are upcoming within the next two or three weeks. We'll have more information. It should be easier and safer to apply using these programs. Okay, great. And I've got your contact deal details up here so that people can reach you for more help on this. Uh, what would you like to see in the, uh, the first email that you get from someone? What would you like to see in there? What should they tell you so that you can help them out faster? Well, we first need to know whether they're talking about their family or friends in Ukraine, because so far it's a bit easier and faster to get visas for, for those who have family in Canada because they can demonstrate that they can provide a home, food, financial support for the family. It may be trickier for those who don't have anyone in Canada. Okay, great. Uh, Paulina, thanks for coming by. That's P. Elizarova at paceimmigration.com. Paulina, I know we'll be talking to you again very soon, so everyone stay tuned. Thanks, Paulina. Bye for now. Thank you.